Good day to the Grunge Bible Podcast community. We are back with another episode. It's Monday. Happy We're Monday. Back. My name is Ethan Shalloway. I'm joined, as usual, with Chris Salona. Um, Chris, how you doing, man? I'm doing great. Um, this is the most excited I've been to record a podcast in a while. We are... We are bringing episode 98 to you, and uh, it's been a long time coming, but we are going to get into the yield zone today. Um, Pearl Jam's fifth studio album recently celebrated its 25th birthday, so it can now rent a car without any sort of issues from the, the powers that be. So that's big. We're here to celebrate that. and Hit, uh, hit the road on the on the uh, album yeah, cover in Montana, ex- then. Exactly. Get in your mini fast car and just get rolling. That's uh, right. I'm excited. Um, you know, this this week, uh, we, we've been really, really busy the last few weeks. Um, but, you know, you still find time to record and um, have good conversations about good music. Uh, how are you doing? I'm doing well. Um, it is raining here. Oh, yeah. Um, which means I had the day off. It was a planned day off anyway, but the forecast was steady all week. So I knew yeah. I was going to have time to record today. And um, it's good. I felt like I just finished working like a 10 or 11 day week, kind of went through the weekend. And it was just it was a long one. And I'm doing a lot of uh, work and training. So, yes, um, for different circumstances. So I'm I'm doing good. I'm definitely like I'm just in that zone, you know, that that get up and go zone and you don't get back till late and then you do it all over and there's not yeah, you're much just putting your head down yeah you got to put your head down exactly and and i've been telling myself that that's just how life is sometimes you know you get your nose to the grindstone for good reason and um so it's been good the mindset you know just trying to keep that up the whole time through it yeah. um that because that always helps um during times like these so yeah it's it's been good um yeah, I'm excited. For, I'm excited for the weekend. I'm excited for next week. Got some things coming up, uh, a little travel, so to yeah. break it up again. So yeah, that'll it'll be, be good. great. Yeah, those those times where you really have to lock in, um, they're good, and you you, you you reach that point and you feel yourself really getting into it. And for me, it's always like um, you know, if I'm training, if I'm busy. Um, obviously I have a sweet tooth. The, uh, the temptation is always there. Um, but you get into those zones where you're just rolling and you don't even, you don't even want to stray from the path that you're on. You're like, I'm locking in, I'm eating my meals. I'm not snacking. I'm, I'm getting right. to bed on time and I'm doing it all over again. Free time is limited, but you're taking care of the things that you need to take care of. Um, and those are always, you can get a lot of good work done, you know, both professionally and personally when those things happen, I think. Yeah. Productivity always leads to that feeling of stonks yeah accomplishment you just feel satisfied in a lot of ways when you're just kind of working really hard and i agree um, it's like very interpersonal i guess Mm -hmm. yeah it's good stuff yeah that's great so we've got we've got a one-way ticket to the yield zone today we are rolling down that highway as ethan mentioned on the album cover but a couple of things that we need to get out of the way first um First and foremost, Ethan, uh, as we sit here today to record episode 98 of the Grunge Bible podcast, um, it's February 2nd today. Seven years ago, we started Grunge Bible on February yeah. 2nd, 2016. Uh, I was in my dorm room in Ames, Iowa at Iowa State University, and you were in your dorm room at the University of Kentucky in Lexington, Kentucky. And we started this thing. We posted a collage of the big four, and we dedicated the account uh, to grunge and those who came before us. And, uh, here we are seven years later, ripping through a podcast and, uh, it's been, it's been a long time coming. It's been a long road and it's weird how, how much our lives have changed. And this has always been something that we've, uh, you know, worked together on and, and done together. And it's always been a presence, which I mean, there's seven years, a long time. It's got a lot of staying power. Yeah, I like the word dedicated, um, how we dedicated the, the page to grunge. And it sounds like, you know, when you have when you have a baby and you get it christened or you, you dedicate its life and stuff like that's kind of what we we did. We we decided to uh, have this this page. And and over the years, you know, it's time and dedication that's led to this. Um, and it but it's um, yeah, that's a it's a good way to put it. Uh, it's, it is it is quite impressive and fun to look back on. We do it often on this page, so I'm sure everybody's sick of hearing it. But uh, we're <laughs> well, seven years old. Woo! Yeah, we're seven years old. But it, it, it's cool. Two year anniversary. This and, and, that. and as time as time has gone on, um, I mean, I'd like to think that we still do a good job of making it about the music. Like it's not about us. It's not about what's going on with us or who we are or what we're trying to get out of it personally. It's about the music and. And, and it's always been humbling for me to, you know, just be a part of that and realize that people are choosing to, you know, uh, 
consume music and and talk about music and share in it in something that that we you know put out for them. I mean, the ownership belongs with the people who interact with it, not with not with us. And I know as as time has gone on, there's more and more pages, uh, more and more grifters out there who you know want the personal uh, accolades or you know they want to become personalities themselves, but. You know, I, I like, uh, I, I think we've done an okay job of making it about the music and I, I hope we continue to do that. Absolutely. I think that's well within the mantra of the page that, you know, this isn't about us. Exactly. Yeah. It's good. Yeah. I think it's, uh, it's I, not about us, but at, at the, the same people time, people appreciate it. Yeah. People appreciate it. And I, and I think, uh, um, certainly people have shown their appreciation for us. And uh, I mean, there's no better way that people show appreciation than uh, giving us money. Um, because at the end of the day, we do need your money to do what we do uh, to do this podcast. If you like it, uh, I assume you do because you're here. And uh, as we know, the best way to support uh, Grunge Bible and all all that we do around here is to support us on Patreon uh, so we can continue to make this podcast and uh, leading the charge as usual is our top tier of patrons uh, who choose to give us $10 per month every month to support this podcast. Uh, we have the two and $5 levels as well. Uh, and you know, we're coming in on a hundred episodes. We're coming in on two years of doing this podcast. If you like us, uh, you know, let us know, let us know by giving us your money. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, you know, that's the way that it, that, that's the way that it goes sometimes. But I would like to thank our top level today. Uh, and they are Alex Long, Black Hole Sean, Christine Shepard, The Blue Owl, Alexis Shannon, Eddie Vedder got me through my second divorce, Kara Kay, Doug Endy, Captain High Top, Brother Nature, Faith Bittner, Fuck Soup, Jade Mercado, Granny Grunge, Fresh Tendonitis, Jamie Lynn, Chris LSMS, our number one fan from Australia, Carlene Salona, Millie, Marianne, Laura Nyreen, Nikki Six, Rachel Corning, What the Fuck's Up, Denny's, Seattle 4 fanboy from New Jersey, and Shoe the Shoeless. You know, um, we were just talking off camera. You know, this we're, we're operating at a loss here as a, as a as a business. Yeah, it's ta- it's, it is tax it's, season. <laughs> it's tax season, and we're trying to deal with all that stuff. Luckily, you know, we don't make shit. So, but next year we want to we want to have to uh, we want to have to go through the legality of paying taxes because we just had so many new patrons come through and really over uh, just bless us with support. So, um, help us make 2023 20, our year to. Uh, have to pay the big man because we're doing just so darn well <laughs> absolutely yeah the, the, the tax man will beckon all in due time <laughs> um but thank you everybody that uh does show support and listens to the podcast um i know i i i covet my time when i have the when i listen to the podcast that i listen to throughout the week i have a few that i i'm excited to listen to and um you know, it is kind of nice to know that there are probably people, there are people that think the same thing about us and that that's really special. So I'm glad that we're here for you and we hope to continue to deliver great episodes starting with Yield today. 100%. Um, I have to say, Ethan, the Yield album. Uh, so in in the course of the week when we're planning our episodes and we're, we're planning our topic, we obviously, uh, as is the prudent thing to do, we like to settle on a topic uh, a few days at least in advance of the recording date so we can properly prepare. And, uh, uh, you know, a couple a couple days ago, we were trying to figure out what we wanted to talk about this week. And, and the 25th anniversary of Yield popped up. And, um, you know, anytime an album has an anniversary, it's a it's a ripe topic, I think, for us, because it's, you know, it's the best time of the year that you could discuss these albums, you know, when to commemorate their release. But um, getting back into this one, I, I forgot how much I appreciated this album. Uh, I know I texted you uh, this morning and I was like, I'm, I'm really excited to do this episode. Yeah, I um, had forgotten much. about it. And, and, and doing this was kind of a window back into that point in our lives. Um, right around the time that we started the page where uh, the music and especially Pearl Jam, it was, it was still so new to us and we were discovering new songs and new albums and new parts of songs uh, incessantly day in and day out. And, and I remember this album was a big part of that. There were a lot of songs on this album that affected me at that time. So, um, you know, being able to go back and take another informed listen, you know, on its anniversary in preparation of talking about it today, it was it was really cool. It reminded me of a lot of those feelings. And um, I think it's important, you know, to go back and uh, try to put yourself in that space where uh, you remember and you feel once again 
what you felt when the music became important to you initially. And um, this is one that uh, it kind of surprised me with the emotion that came back because I remember the time and place when I first heard these songs. Yeah, using using music as a vehicle like that is is a beautiful thing. Um, and I think that's kind of what a lot of the artists enjoy when they kind of when they write you know, new albums and they kind of or they use other albums to influence their writing and whatnot. And um, I think that this one was a you know a a good effort by the band to do something a little differently and come up with a different mindset. And I think that maybe that's why you know that's. So maybe that's why it sticks with uh, people the way it does. Um, yeah, 100%. yeah. This is a good one. This has a lot. This has a lot of really good songs on it. This one is shouldn't be overlooked. Obviously, it does. And and speaking to the process and uh, you know kind of changing things up, uh, this album I think, in my opinion at least, is one of the most important albums that Pearl Jam made. Not necessarily because of any stylistic breakthroughs that they had, but I think because of the process out of which this record was created. I mean, I would I would go as far right. to say that, you know, a lot of the process that went into this record um, is why Pearl Jam is still together today. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, this is their fifth studio album. They recorded it in 1997. It came out February 3rd of 98. Um, so really in the grand scheme of things, the band is not nearly as old as it is now, obviously having first released 10 to 91. I mean, it's not too far removed from that, but they've got five studio albums, um, a plethora of conflicts and issues. Um, the Ticketmaster thing is in the rearview mirror. They've had a, a more than a couple of breakups with different drummers. They've had feuds within um, the rest of the band. And this one kind of really got them back on track. Um, you know, after Vitalogy and No Code and the issues that the, that the band saw uh, and encountered there with, you know, just creativity issues and power struggle issues, um, this one was a big shift change in the way that they wrote this one. So um, the pressure kind of uh, had fallen on and whether it was whether it was his doing or just the nature of the events, Eddie Vedder always had a lot of pressure on himself during mm-hmm. versus Vitalogy, No Code to, you know, be the main engine behind a lot of these songs, um, you know, and finishing them and and coming up with ideas in addition to the lion's share of the lyrics. But the cool part about this, and you see this, you know, to this day, even with Gigaton and a lot of the albums that Pearl Jam put out, you see the fact that they made a shift here for Yield. Um, you know, the band, they encouraged each other to come to the studio with a lot of demos with a lot of things worked out. Mm-hmm. And as you can see, just in the writing credits, the diversity, I mean, every single member of the band, Jack Irons included, has writing credits on this record. And they came together uh, and they were able to focus on getting good takes of what they had already done and and expounding on these ideas that they already had, as opposed to just getting in the studio, jamming and hoping that something comes out of the jam. And, you know, I think this record really left the band in a better place than it found the band, uh, you know, when they went into the studio in February of 97 to start this thing. Um, you know, this was Jack Irons last record with the band. He left during the yield tour, um, after the Australian leg, but he really brought a lot to this as well. Um, and their experiences doing the, uh, um, the record with Neil Young, um, earlier, a few years prior, I think positively impacted them. And I think this was really, um, more important of a record than a lot of people think. Um, just in terms of the overall health of the band. And I think, yeah. um, you know, it, it became a more sustainable, collaborative, and you know, I hate to use the, you know, a, a democratic process, so to speak, where it's not, you know, Ed's world and we're just living in it. It's everybody has ideas and they're able to, um, you know, speak those ideas and and be open about those ideas and work on them. And, and I think this is a really strong record and that's a direct result of uh, the process that they chose to, to use for this record. Yeah, I think having that open-mindedness allowed everybody to kind of be patient together. And like they kind of talk about how they didn't have a time limit. They would go in there and however many takes, however long it took. And and I think it allowed, like I said, the patience just kind of grows um, admiration, I guess, is a good way to put it. And everybody, I think, kind of were more open to hearing everybody else's ideas. And and, and kind of, I remember, uh, yeah, probably took a lot of pressure off of ed and and allowed the band to, you know when ed said that he you know wanted maybe help or ha- more people to come with demos they took it to heart and um yeah i think they kind of you know 
it's more of a, an older, older, say, view of doing it. Everybody kind of took a little bit more control and were, and they felt very satisfied with it when they finished. You know, they were like, yeah. this is like a really complete, pr- uh, prog- um, you know, process that we did and we couldn't be happier. Everybody kind of has, you know, skin in the game. Exactly. And, and, and at the end of the day, I mean, the, the record serves to be, you know, it, it's such a benefit from this process. I mean, there's a lot of diverse sounds and, you know, everybody's, uh, you know, the, their, the muscles in their brain of, of how they're creative, they shine through on this. I mean, at this point in 97, when they're making this record, I mean, all of the guys in the band have, you know, tons of experience playing, but also writing. I mean, Mike McCready's on the other side of the Mad Season product, project. Um, you know, Ed has done what he's done for a long time. Stone and Jeff, I mean, those guys were standard bearers, you know, way back into the 80s. And, uh, you know, it's just one of those things that when you when you put it all together, um, you know, it really, really shines. And it, it kind of, uh, in relation to the, uh, the, uh, the title of the album, Yield, which is, you know, we talked about this before we hopped on, but it's just kind of like, yielding and, and, and letting things happen and letting things come and maybe you know just being more comfortable with where you are right. um and and i think it's just like this album is just kind of like a collective okay let's take a deep breath let's remember our talents let's remember that we all have individual talents and you know we don't all have to do everything like let's work together on this and take our time i mean they started recording the record in February of 97 and I think they finished it sometime in September or October. So they took a long time, but um, you know, good things take time. And, and this is, yeah. a, this is a really good record. Um, I, it's one of my favorites. And I think in, in Pearl jam fan circles, this is one that is um, you know, a lot of people would say that it's maybe like the final one of like the, 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 the classic era, the golden age of, of Pearl jam records. And, you know, people aren't as fond of what they had done you know, in the 2000s and onward. But I mean, this one is an absolute gem. You know, maybe if No Code wasn't for you, um, this one sounds like No Code almost hadn't happened. And it was, you know, the the album right after Vitalogy and Versus. Um, mm-hmm. But um, yeah, th- this record, um, it's got a lot of great songs and, and we've been lucky enough to, to hear a lot of these songs live. And I think that informs my opinion uh, and my feelings about this record. Um, but you know, if there's a couple of songs for you on this record that kind of jump out or that you're a fan of, um, like which, which ones come to mind for you before we get into the song by song? Well, I, this one has in, in hiding, which we've talked about at length. I remember when you brought that to me in the, in the early, you know, exploration phase. And, um, Mm. I, and I like the way I think Ed talks about it being like a fast on a fast for life and taking time away from life. And, and I really, I've really had some good moments with that and that, that idea really, and I've taken that idea and we've applied it to our weekends sometimes. And, um, so that, that song has always been pretty great. Um, I do like wishlist and given to fly. Of course, those are some great ones. Uh, yeah. yeah, there's some there's some good ones. I do like Low Light a lot too. Okay, I think, yeah. I think that one's that one's a pretty um, maybe an undervalued song. But yeah, there's I mean there's a kind of the big four. Uh, I don't know. How, how about you? I, I before think going I, through, I mean before like you know real re- rattling off all yeah, the whole album I think, or something. Uh, it's funny. I think Low Light was one. the was the third song that we ever heard Pearl Jam play live. If I remember right, they went release Long Road and then Low Light. Um, but for me, th- this record, it's funny. I. I associate this this I associate yield um, as much with our friendship through music as I do almost any Pearl Jam record because of the wish lists and the in hidings of the world um, <laughs> and even even a song like Faithful um, yeah. you know there's there and Given to Fly I mean I I, I vividly remember having conversations um, with you about these songs when we first got into this genre and we first decided that we wanted to um, you know wanted to be around this genre. Um, you know, and all those yesterdays even too. I mean, there's, there's so many standouts for me. And, and as I've spent more time at the record over the years, different songs pop out to me that I, you know, have grown to really, really appreciate. I I think for me, I love push me, pull me in at the, I wasn't ready for that song when I first heard this record back in, you know, say back in college or, uh, whenever it was, but it's really, it's it's a diverse record and it's got a lot of different sounds and and something that is a constant for me that sticks out is just like the vocals and and the way those are presented uh some like the way the way you hear them and and there's 
echoey parts. There's loud parts that sound like they're breaking a shitty old speaker you have. Um, it's just a really, really complete record. And I, I do think it's got something for everybody. And, uh, you know, if we kind of get in, I mean, you lead off with Brain of Jay, which which is a little bit of a deep cut, but you hear that one. And, and this one, you know, this one sounds like it's sounds like no code never happened. This one sounds like it could have been on Vitalogy. Um, you know, it's got a great hook. It's got, um, you know, Ed is, is Ed is great vocally on this one. And I really think, you know, Ed's golden era of, of his vocals. I, I think, you know, this is towards what I would consider to be the tail end of that. I mean, he's getting older. It's nothing, you know, not a lack of talent, but as you, you get older into your thirties, I think you, you can't do what you did when you were 26. Um, but I mean, this was just a pristine effort, um, you know, and, and, and that's a really this good one, one to kick the album off. Yeah. I think this is, um, this is the perfect title track because we didn't touch completely on the uh, album cover of of the road and and the yield sign and I think it was um was it, I think it was a Jeff that said like it's just ironic it's like a, a yield sign where there's nothing to yield there's to. nothing to yield to exactly yeah and it's just an open road and this is um you know this is a driving rock Pearl Jam song that right that you throw on in the car and like and and you're on that open road just like they do and it's like you're driving past that yield song. Into the, into the album like this is a start yeah and I, I like it i think i think it's i think it's a great place to first song um mm-hmm. we haven't heard this one this one was not on one of our set lists that we got to see right no no it, it, it was not and and it's admittedly it's it's one that it's one that you uh at least for me i you kind of forget about sometimes yeah. and uh it's it's a casualty of the strength of the rest of the album that this one doesn't hold your hold your attention initially maybe but that's why it's cool to always go back and you know speaking of songs that hold your attention um the second song is faithful which i remember right from the beginning being enamored with and um mike mccready uh wrote the music for faithful um the same day that he wrote the music for given to fly so a cool little connection there but um i i think you know faithful this is this is eddie vetter at his best lyrically um you know just the, the jingle of the guitar at the beginning that Mike came up with. Uh, we've heard this one live and it's just, um, it's just kind of a, a comforting song. Um, and the outro at the end where, you know, the music kind of comes down again and, and you got the guitar and you, and you've got Ed, uh, you know, what's a boy to do? Just be darling. And I will be too faithful to you. I mean, that's just, uh, it's, uh, like he has this really, really great way of, of, of writing lyrics that are, that are almost kind of prayers, like with a lowercase p, um, and it's just kind of like what you aspire to be for people in the world. And and this record has a lot of that. Um, and this right. is the this is certainly one of them. And and we heard this one um, live at Fenway Park in 2016. And uh, yeah, it's it's one of the ones that stands out for me from that night. Yeah, this is a this is a solid song. I think for the fans of Pearl Jam, I think people can relate to it. I, I think I've heard. I've heard it talked about as like you know, the faithful fans of 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 the band, and and it is has some like religious under undertones and whatnot, which is um, not surprising. But like, yeah, there's there's a lot of um, yeah. I think people are attracted to this song that are bit huge fans of the band, and and yeah. and they pride themselves in being exactly what the song says and being faithful to to everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. I was just thinking about that before. Like this is a, cause you know, the, like we talked, we've already talked about the songs that we've heard in concert and whatnot. And, and people definitely kind of search for, um, yeah, search for songs when they go to, you know, check them off mm-hmm. their list. There's and moments stuff like people that. are waiting for. Yeah, exactly. And when the first chords ring out, it's like, there's a, a you know, sigh of relief. Yeah. And there's, and there's, there's, there's a, there's something shared there. Um, I don't remember if we've heard, uh, this third song live, uh, no way, which I mean, this is a stone song, both lyrics and music, and it's got stone's fingerprints all over it. Um, lyrically it is, it is an, an ambitious song. I would say lots of plays on words. Um, but I, I think the, uh, you know, the, the chorus is, is just absolutely awesome. It's, it's classic, classic rock music chorus, you know, just with, you know, you're changing one word every single time, you know, I'll stop trying to make a difference. I'm not trying to make a difference. I'll stop trying to make a difference. No way. Um, but this one, I've always been drawn to the, uh, the beginning of it. The, I mean, Jack Irons on the drums, 
I mean, Jack Irons was in the fucking Chili yeah. Peppers, man, and <laughs> and he forget. brought something to this band. Um, and and speaking longitudinally for Pearl Jam, I mean, he was the perfect bridge, I think, from Dave to Matt. Um, you know, he he could he could do a lot of things, and I, so I always forget. I, I don't devote a lot of brain power to the Jack Irons era, thinking <laughs> about it critically, which is which is uh you know something that I I should do because it's it's really really great stuff and um. You know, he he came to the band at a critical period and he played a very critical part, um, I think, in terms of, you know, helping helping to keep the ship steering and in one piece and also musically. Um, and I mean, he yeah. played a lot of these parts really well. And he brought he brought a song like No Way to Life um, for me, certainly. And I, I remember, uh, you know, around those times when we were first getting into grunge, this was a song that I used to I used to make a point to listen to it when I was uh, walking around campus. You know, you get that That's get that awesome. heavy drum at the beginning, and it's just like you feel like feel like you're a badass in a movie or something. I hear the song, and I I always think of Soundgarden. Actually, yeah, this has this has this has big Soundgarden vibes. Yeah, you're about for a year me. too early for Matt. I know, I know. I'm, I'm saying if if Matt was there too, it'd be crazy. But like, it really it has that kind of drive that they do, and and then the chorus like. Ed sings a little like, I mean, he has like a deeper voice to the song that yeah. makes me think of Chris at times. And mm-hmm. um, this is a good one. This is definitely, I wish I had memory of walking around campus, listening to this. And that would be, yeah, that, was, that's was, pretty it was, good. It was cold I can as picture dick it. in I Iowa in the wintertime. I'm getting off the bus, putting my corded headphones in, listening to No Way. You know, it was, those were, those are the days. That was back when I, you know, this was, this, I, I had gotten a CD, a copy of Yield, and I loaded it into my computer and I downloaded it onto my phone from my computer. And, and, uh, you know, this was one that I spent a lot of time with and, um, it's, yeah, it's, it's a good one. I think, you know, your, your average fan or maybe not somebody who wouldn't consider themselves to be a connoisseur should spend more time with, but you know, the fourth song right after no way, I think everybody knows, uh, most people love, uh, yeah. and that is the mighty given to fly. And, uh, Ethan, what, what do you think about this song? You know, we know Mike wrote, Mike wrote it. Um, Ed wrote the lyrics obviously, but I mean, this is, this is, I'd say this is an all timer for Pearl Jam in terms of its, its admiration in the yeah. fan communities. Definitely in the, probably in the top 10 for a lot of people. Um, yeah. I love, I love the, the instrumental piece of this, like comes in with the guitar. It definitely has like that kind of I don't know, classic rock type of intro, and then the drums come in with the toms, and it and it has this slow build, like something's gonna happen, you know. It's like takeoff, you know, given mm-hmm. to fly if we're gonna be talking about it, and uh, and then Ed kind of comes in, singing and getting louder, and everything kind of builds, and um, it's just exciting. It's an exciting song, and you know, that is important when you're listening to music, like when when songs, when songs take you, like, it's not just like, okay, like the song kind of comes and goes like this definitely has a crescendo and a wave to it. And, Mm -hmm. and you just catch the wave and you can ride it through, through the end of it. Once, once it gets going and hits that first verse chorus, then you're like, you're set and you're going. Yeah. And 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 this might be, this might be the best execution Pearl Jam ever had Mm. of having the music accompany the subject matter and the feeling that the song as a whole gives you. I mean, this one, it just builds perfectly. Like you said, I mean, Mike's got that great guitar part at the beginning and everything kind of comes in and you feel like you're soaring, you know, when Ed's screaming, you know, he's flying, uh, you know, and, and the best part, uh, you know, lyrically i mean we we love this song you and i um you know and he still gives his love he just gives it away and the love he receives is the love that is saved um it's just sometimes it's seen a strange spot in the sky a human being that was given a fly it's just it's so liberating i mean you could listen to it and and not even understand the words or not even know the english language and this song would be just as uplifting i think mm-hmm. um it just it makes you feel something uh spectacular and and it's it's just masterful yeah there's something about subject titles and and flying right and like Mm -hmm. learning to fly given to fly like yeah we we talk about we talk about songs like that and i feel like um you know being above you know being above a situation or or kind of an out of world like you're you're looking down or you're above Mm -hmm. like it is a very um desirable kind of feeling that i think people can get into really fast and I, I don't know if it's just literally the word about fly and, and the way yeah. he talks about it but I think that has 
is like it's a perfect title. It's a, like you said, it's a perfect lyrically, lyrically and title for exactly yes. what they do. And it's a and very, I, I it's a well it, done song. It's pretty yeah. complex. It's really good. Mm-hmm. And I think it ties in really well with the 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 album name. I mean, yield. You have to yield to the things that are around you and let them pull some of the weight. And I just love the the word choice with you know the human being that was given to fly meaning you yeah. know for me it, it wasn't something that he did it was it was a gift that he he was open to and Allowed. he received it yeah. and the coolest part of the song is he, he, you know the the person in the song wants to pass it on you know floats back down cuz he wants to share um and and it's just it's just a really really cool song and it's it's liberating and it makes you feel everything that you want to feel in a in a good song and uh, it's one that I certainly will always be fond of. And, you know, another song that I've, I'm always going to be fond of that's one of my favorite Pearl Jam songs is Wishlist, which is the next song, the fifth one on the track. And um, it's funny, you know, by this point we've gotten, you know, Mike songs, we've gotten Stone songs. And, you know, this is the first one that Ed wrote the music to, uh, you know, the fifth track. And, you know, this one has his fingerprints all over it. Um, you know, he's got a little little C chord action, like C's and F's, like, you know, not as not as uh, ambitious as, as, as what Mike can do with the guitar. But, you know, it's perfect nonetheless. It's a simple song. And the concept of it is 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 so simple, but that's kind of what makes it so good, because I think this one is is more about, you know, what's being said through the words as opposed to what the music makes you feel like, um, you know, and I know they've they've got that funky little solo there with uh, I don't know if there's an Ebo or something in there, but um, it's it's really cool. And it's funny. I post this song uh, kind of frequently on the page and um, I forget who they are, but one person comments without fail every single time and they quote um I wish I was the full moon shining off a of Camaro's hood. And they, they say that that is the best lyric that's ever been written. And it's, I mean, wow. this song's, this song is full of them. Uh, you know, I wish I was the verb to trust and never let you down. I, I, I love this song. It's uh you know, another, another song that kind of feels like a, like a prayer song. It's like everything you want to be for the people that you care yeah. about. Yeah. This is, this is definitely the, the Pearl Jam that I fell, fell in love with um, yes. this one. And the, given to flies and like this is the the tenor that i enjoy ed at best um mm-hmm. when he's singing low and he's and he has these really like the lyrics that you could say are your favorite lyrics of all the time and then you have kind of the guitar just kind of inner just works its way into the song and just kind of you know it just flows really well mm-hmm. um yeah, I, I I really enjoy this one. I've spent some time with this. It's just you know, it's just a good. You can again, they're really good driving band, obviously. But this is a good a good song to kind of drive and collect your On thoughts. On a clear, too. starry night. You yeah, know? just collect your thoughts and just and think about you know desires in life, I guess. But mm-hmm. some great, obviously, great performances. This one get um, the Letterman one gets we get we post that one a lot and. Yes, and um, I love that one too because yeah. on the um, on the on the album version, the song kind of fades out and the music comes down, and you can hear. Uh, I think the last one he says is like, you know, I wish I was the radio, the song that you turned up or something. But um, you know, when you play live, you can't just do like the fade out when the, the sound gets lower and lower. So on that Letterman version, uh, you know, he repeats uh, one of his wishes, and he says. I wish, I wish, I wish, I wish, I guess yeah. it never stops. And the music stops as soon as he says stops. And it's just, it just, it's really emotional. Um, and I think it speaks to a lot of the way that we feel, you know, there's, a, you, you, you attain something or, or you have an experience and it's always kind of like, you know, what's, what's the next thing that, that you need? What's the next thing you're looking for? And it never, never really does stop. And uh, that's, I, I love that one. I love that one mm-hmm. a lot. That may the be Letterman the performance. Maybe the, top of the i don't know i don't know if we had a top three it's probably in the top three for the album oh yeah i would i would feel very comfortable placing but this it there. next one may be in the top <laughs> this three next for one, you, right? so, so we, we're rolling along and, and and obviously this is just our subjective uh feeling on a lot of this the objective accounting of the album is officially over obviously for the so next, we're, we're, at least we're, the next two songs <laughs> yeah so we're at number six and that's pilot and this one Jeff, Jeff Ament did both the music and the lyrics for this one, and and I, I get off board for this one. I love I love the verse musically. I I cannot stand this chorus. I I think they had a good thing going, <laughs> and they just ruined it when you know Ed is like like pilot. I have a dog, yeah. and it's just I, it just. Yeah, it just doesn't do anything for me. Unfortunately, um, this one sounds very no Cody to me. Um, 
but I just, I just, anytime the chorus comes on, I just look forward to look forward to the, getting it, getting through it. Um, which yeah. is unfortunate, but, uh, it's just not for me, you know, and I'm not the, saying it's lyrics, bad. It's just yeah. not for me. Yeah. The lyrics don't really send this, uh, it, yeah, it doesn't really pull you in. Like you said, the chorus, you know, it just doesn't quite connect with me either. Yeah. Um, the, the best part of the song, in my opinion, is the bridge. Uh, yeah, I was gonna, stunned I was by my own reflection. It's looking back, sees me too clearly. Yep. And I swore I'd never go there again. But then they come back in with the chorus. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and it's just, it just removes you from that feeling of contentment I'm, that you I'm have. I'm looking at it right now. Like Pilot, I have a dog that obeys, listens, kisses, loves. <laughs> yep. Hey, that's that's what the dogs do sometimes, I guess. Um yeah, I, I don't know. It's just it's not really it's not really mine. Uh, but that's okay because there's people listening out there that it is theirs. You know, I'll I'll take my my wish lists and and all of my yesterdays, and you can have your pilot, and you can do your evolution, <laughs> which is the next track. And Ethan, I'm gonna let you take the floor on this one. I yield my time to you. I know you you love this song. You love this song, so uh, yeah. let's hear about it. This one is my favorite. Uh, just my favorite Pearl Jam track. <laughs> just I love the I I just. <laughs> I can't do it. Yeah, I just this one is just uh, it's just not for me. Like I don't, I I hate the whole like uh, do the evolution. I don't know. I just don't like it. Just ah, uh, it's just annoying. It's just an annoying song to me. And I don't really, th- I don't think I like love the like. I know the lyrics are like well thought out and they have a really like in depth music video to kind of go along with it. Yeah. Um, and it was like, I think it was the same um, animation. Uh, creators that did like the Batman, one of the Batman series, the early Batman oh, really? cartoons. Yeah. yeah. And it was the first music video after Oceans from 10 um, mm-hmm. that they did. So it just, the topic and like all of it, it it's just like, a, it's just a lot. And it doesn't, it just isn't, I don't like it. I just don't yeah. like it. So I, and they I play it love, at every show. They played it, yeah, they played it at both the shows. All, they they love like playing this one. So Ugh. this is this is one that I mean this one sounds like your speakers have blown out um and it's it's a it's an abrasive song. So I I love I love the writing of this song, the lyrics. I love the satire. I think Ed is a great satirical writer. We've we've seen it a lot. I think it's it's amazing social commentary. Um I just um you know, this has also never been one of my favorites um and I I can see I mean it, it is an abrasive song. Um but man, I mean, the writing is great. I mean, this is this is Ed, uh, the you know this this is Eddie Vedder right here, um, and we did hear this one uh, both at Pearl at, at uh, uh both at um uh, Fenway and at Wrigley Field, and I, I don't have any strong recollections, but I know you your your hatred for this one has grown over the years. Yeah, yeah, it's becoming a trope, I guess. But I, yeah, I mean, yeah, the lyrics like it is it is I guess well done. I just. I don't know. I just also don't. <laughs> I just. Uh, I don't it's know. evolution, baby. Yeah, do the evolution, baby. Yep. So you know we're getting right into the uh, the 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 meat the meat and potatoes of the record, and and uh, at this point, Jack Irons makes his appearance uh, for the for the songwriting credits and the lyric credits, and we get to Red Bar, um, which has been known as Untitled, the color red, Red Bar. Um, sometimes now on the internet, you just see like a red emoji. Um, and this, this one's just bizarre. It's way, way better than do the evolution in my mind. (laughs) (laughs) This feels like, um, this feels like if, if, if like new wave was a person and you gave them a ton of really bad acid. (laughs) Yeah. It it really is funny (laughs) that they have this like in the album it, it's so i love different. that they do this like you couldn't yeah. get away with this if this was your first record but like i mean you're pearl gym at this point you've you've gone platinum like dozens of times you can do whatever the fuck you want <laughs> it's it is crazy it's so it's so it's such a weird jingle to a song you know yeah yeah and, i like and it I, you know but it yeah, is it's, funny it's, like it's, if you try to pitch this strange. to some pitch this to the producer they're like why do you want this on the album <laughs> <laughs> You know what? You need you need this uh, to make the album complete. But I, I also love the fact too that, um, I mean, this is this is Jack Irons's. I believe it's the only one that he has the primary uh, uh, 
music writing and obviously lyric writing credits on I just love that he's included on this. And I'm sure this came out of a weird point in the studio or he had this really weird idea. And I just love the fact that the band was open to putting this on the record. I think it kind of speaks to that collaborative process and just the um, the comfort and, and the trust that I think they worked to exhibit on this record. Um, so its presence here is, is, is I think a testament of that. Yeah. Yeah. So now that we've got the, uh, the weirdness out of the way, yeah. I, I think this record ends really, really strongly. Uh, and as we get to the ninth track, um, we get back kind of to classic Pearl Jam driving music, um, you know, right out of the vein of like a rear view mirror. Um, and certainly like a brain of Jay from the beginning of, uh, beginning of the album. And, uh, Ed wrote both for these, both lyrics and music. And I just love the urgency that's in this song. This is um, one of your more, you like this song quite a bit. Yeah, don't you? I, I really like this song. Um, I just love how the vocals lay directly on top of the guitar um, and they kind of mirror one another. Um, and it's and it's got the, the second verse. I've always really, really loved it. I couldn't tell you what I think it means, but it just, it feels right for me. They said timing was everything, made him want to be everywhere. There's a lot to be said for nowhere, um, which I've really loved. And, and live, uh, they have the, the tendency and they have over the years of um, pairing this song with Untitled, which mm-hmm. was released on the live on two legs. Um, and they'll play Untitled and they'll go right into MFC, Mini Fast Car, um, or Matt fucking Cameron, as uh, you know, we, we've later come to know that acronym as. Um, but yeah, this is this is just a really, really, really great song. And um, it's it's a great start to the, uh, you know, the back nine of Second the record, half, I think. Yeah, yeah. yeah I feel like... Um you know, red bar and like that type of interlude song, because this is this is the the beat the second like when you flip the record over too, right? Is this the second? Yeah, I, I don't I don't know when side two starts for this one actually, but it's I mean I this think, is certainly on side two. It's got to be if it's the night. Yeah. So I but I feel like you know we talked about like whale and wasp and and like you know certain bands definitely put in songs as like a break. Yeah. Um, and then you open back up with this and you get it running again. Um, so yeah, this is a good one. I think I need to spend some more time with it. Um, mm-hmm. It's just one that has, yeah, that I know I know you enjoy a lot. So got some good driving yeah. drums to it for sure. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, yeah. Mini, mini fast car. I mean, Ed, Ed's always written about getting in the car and leaving and going someplace, and this yeah. is a, this is obviously another one. Um, Which, there's no shortage of of of, of driving material. Which on everybody this can relate to. Everybody can relate to the urge to just get up and go. Mm-hmm. Can't beat it. Exactly. So uh, moving on to the 10th song, uh, we go to Low Light, which is another uh, Jeff composition, uh, both lyrics and music, um, following up uh, the sixth song, which was Pilot. So this is another Jeff song. And as we mentioned at the top, I know uh, this was the third Pearl Jam song that we ever heard live. And uh, I know you had some you had some good things to say about this one. So uh, what, are, what are your thoughts about Low Light? Uh, it's just another one. Like I said, it's just it's just right in my zone, my in, in, right in the Eddie Vedder zone that I love. Um, yeah, the I think, vocals. Yeah, like I, I, I mean, I love when the band jams out and really goes, but I, I think that mm-hmm. I just, I just like when Eddie is singing a little bit softer. I feel like his the yeah the tones of his voice just and like the the parts that are his his strongest really come through and and it just makes me feel. I don't know. It's very, it's very spiritual when Eddie sings like that. You know, I mean, that's mm-hmm. where, that's I think where my love for it comes. It's, it takes you to a, a place that is, I don't know, spiritual in a way. Yeah. So and, this stuff yeah, and is kind of like that, and it has, um, you know, the piano in it. I, I believe where it's just kind of like it does. I, I, I mentioned, I, I wrote yeah. that down. The piano is a great touch for the yeah, song. Yeah, it really is, and I, I've always loved uh, piano and and rock and roll and whatnot and. And it just has that kind of like swaying chorus to it. Mm-hmm. It's good. It's got it's got yeah. a good like uh, yeah. It's got a good movement to it. Yeah, it it definitely does. It's it kind slow, of just but feels it like still the... has like a sway to it that is is really solid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I um this is this this one's not not a favorite of mine, but uh, certainly I think after hearing your thoughts about it, um, I. I'm I'm inclined to not be as uh, as rude uh, to this song as I maybe would have if I had gone first, but um, yeah, it's 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 just a good kind of gathering song, and it definitely kind of like 
pulses and it kind of sways back and forth mm-hmm. nice and easy, which I mean you need and, and and that's the cool part about these records is they all have their their peaks and valleys and they have their moments of breath and they have their aggressive moments and they have their big anthemic moments as, as we get into one after low light. Um, and it's cool. You know, all of these songs have their place. Yeah. Like I could hear that song in like a wedding. Like I could hear yeah, someone I, like, I could see that. Yeah. Like, like playing that and like people are at like a first dance. Now maybe going mm-hmm. too far, but that kind of idea. Yeah. Yeah. I could the, totally see that. So moving on to the next one, this is a this is a favorite of ours. Oh um, yeah, we we love this one, uh, in hiding. Which I am shocked that this one isn't more commercially successful. I guess um, because I mean this one is just this one's perfect. I mean Ed Ed's on display. Um, you know this is a great Stone writing composition, um, and it's funny. I mean the song was born out of a um, a Bukowski reference. So that, that's something the Bukowski used to do. He would just you know, retreat and not open his mouth for long periods of time. And, uh, you know, Ed, the the weird serpentine route that sometimes things happen. I mean, um, he heard that story about Bukowski from uh, from Sean Penn. And, uh, you know, Ed became enamored with it. And he's and he's got a good quote here, um, you know, talking about the, the meaning of the song. And Ed said, the song was about taking a fast from life, doing anything to get yourself back in touch with something real. Abstinence from anything is cool because the normalcy of life is deceptive. It's enjoyable for a while and there are good moments, but sometimes that's not enough. You start questioning what's the point. By not opening my mouth, I was able to get into that state. And it's funny because like, I know, Ethan, you and I have ex- uh, experimented with doing this. Uh, and it, and it, is, it is cool. Like It does, it does help out. Um, and it's just, um, it's, it's, it's really funny, like that concept, like there's a dichotomy there of like being liberated by like hiding and like being stationary and isolated. Like there's something about that that can free you from other things. Um, and you know, you can kind of feel like, you know, that liberation through, through the chorus. I mean, he hits that note where he's singing, I'm in hiding and it's just way above everything. Uh, and it's just really, really dynamic. Yeah. Yeah, this is this is a really beautiful song and beautiful practice to kind of do, and um, you know, I I love that artists can you know make songs like this and 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 have an idea from say Bukowski and and be able to like kind of run with it and then produce something that kind of puts it into something we can listen to and and mm-hmm. digest like this, and then you know, because I don't know if we would you know. If if we were running to the to read some of Bukowski and figure this, you know, think about this on our own, but now we have a vehicle to kind of get there. You have a gateway. And, yeah, and and you know we've we've done it a few times, and it's right. You know, you always get something out of it. So this song has always been nice to, um, you know, speed that process up or get it, get it going. And you know, it always kind of mm-hmm. puts you in a place that you're like, all right, let's do something different here, and then think think about things differently. So mm-hmm. this is just yeah. one of the most thought provoking songs that you kind of. Mm-hmm. And, and it's cool too because it's like given to fly it's like the the world can give you things but then with a song like in hiding there's a lot that you can give yourself through your actions and you know there's that line it's funny how things change so much it's all state of mind and i know uh you know back in the day we we used to ping pong that one back and forth uh you know back when we were discovering this music and really really excited about being able to like hone yourself into the version of yourself that you wanted to be um, you know, you, you can take a lot of agency over that just as much as, you know, your environment can give you things. And, it, and it's cool to see both of those themes represented here on this album. And um, I think I think that's a really, really cool thing always to, you know, to, to show the differing points of view. And, uh, you know, this album goes to show you it's diverse with how it sounds and it's also diverse with what it talks about. Um, and speaking of diverse sounds, uh, as we, as we close in on the, the, the finish here, uh, the 12th track is, is one that has been skyrocketing up my power rankings for some time. And that is push me, pull me. Um, this one, this is, uh, this is just a weird song. And for me, it feels like it should have been the opener for the album. Um, I don't know why it, I mean, Ed's voice, when he starts, it's, it sounds like it's like a radio transmission and, and that lyric that he opens up with, 
I had a false belief. I thought I came here to stay. We're all just visiting, all just breaking like waves. Um, that's got to be one of my one of my favorite ones. Um, and certainly lately, it's it's one of my favorite Ed lyrics. Um, but you know, Jeff wrote the music, and um, it's just it's it's another song where I th- I think they return to like you know pushing the envelope like no code style, where like they're giving their fans uh, a sound that maybe the, the their fans weren't used to. Certainly after the first three yeah. records. So what makes this song kind of, I don't know, what it, what what about it has kind of increased over your amounts of listens, I well, guess? Well, I think for a while, because it sounded different, I didn't give it as much of an open chance as I would, uh, you know, A Faithful or uh, a, In Hiding or one of yeah. those songs, you know, because it sounds a little different. And, you know, Ed's talking at the beginning and, you know, you've got the push me, pull me, like kind of like backing chorus there. Um but yeah, it's just it's just like one of the you give something time and maybe at a different point in your life it, it you know it's it affects you differently. Um, and I just kind of love how it's different. Uh, you know, you it, anytime you spend a lot of time with a band, um, you know, you always want to search. So it's like first you start maybe with the singles and the popular songs that you get in the the B sides of the album and the singles and. Um, you know, then you're looking at demos, then you're looking at live performances and little variations. So I think this was a part of that path for me where it's like you start to look at maybe the the stones that you hadn't turned over um, and you find something there. And I think that that happened for me with this song. It's awesome. Yeah. I was just, um, well, I'm just, I was looking to the next song of all those yesterdays. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> and uh this is a great song to finish the album with, you know? Yeah. I'm glad that yeah. they put this at the end. I'm glad that they, um, you know, there's a few songs that, that didn't make it on the album, I guess. And I think, you know, was this 13, number 13. So that's this a really solid, 13. solid yeah. length um, album. And I think they, yeah, yeah, they did a great job to cl- to button it up here. Yeah, they really did. And and this is another one um, that Stone did both music and lyrics for. Um, and I just love the... Um, the song kind of feels like a trance at the beginning, um, you know, with that, uh, with how the guitar is like, do, 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 do. And it's just, um, and I think that complements the lyrics so well, but my favorite part about this song, um, you know, is, is when you get into the build, um, Mike's guitar solo, I mean, the lead guitar on the song just absolutely breaks you out of that trance. And um, I remember they played this song at Fenway Park in 2016 and mm-hmm. like my jaw was on the floor. Like I remember being very, just totally enamored by the the solo uh, that Mike put on there. And um, it just kind of like breaks you out of that song of, of like that weird monotony of uh, that that song brings you. Um, but it's intriguing. So you stick around and then, you know, there's still time to escape, uh, you know, it's no crime. It's no crime to escape. And then Mike comes in and, and that's such a, such a awesome, awesome moment. Um, mm-hmm. which is just, uh, you know, I'll always love that song because of that. And, you know, it's really, I think it's one of those points where, you know, Mike shines for sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's a really good version up before, for the podcast. I was, I was looking them up on YouTube. Mm-hmm. There's a really good video of our performance on YouTube so yeah. it's kind of it's kind of cool to go back and 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 listen to it. And, and we were there, yeah. We were there, yeah. And um, I watched that one too before we hopped did you? on. Nice. Yep, I did. Yeah, that solo is epic. It's it's so good. It's mm-hmm. it you know he's the, in the zone when he drops down low <laughs> and he's not looking and his eyes are closed and he's you know when he's when he's doing like almost like a Chuck Berry duck walk or then also when he's just standing there with his face skyward yeah. um, and he's like contorting his face with the bends and the and on the strings it's oh man it's so good it's bluesy it's bitey it's it's just perfect it's classic mike yep and it has that like also the eddie where they, you know just kind of like singing over the kind of the outro sounding mm-hmm. uh, with the kind of re- re- repetition and and then yep. it kind of goes into like a little bit jam but all those yesterdays are just being played in the background yeah that's like yeah. a really solid finish Mm-hmm. For me, for songs, I, I love that. It's kind of yeah. because it just leaves you with like a lasting thought, a lasting, you know, it's like the final, you know, the final words of a conversation, you know, and you get mm-hmm. to hang on this kind of thing. And yeah, I enjoy it's that. kind of, it's kind of optimistic. And, and I've always, I've always equated this song 
um, you know, when they're talking about, um, you know, it's no crime to escape. I always call back to dissident where it's escape is never the safest path. And, right. you know, they came from the pens of different people, but it's always funny to, you know, I, I think about those, you know, where it's, it's, uh, you know, it's no crime to escape. It's not safe, but yeah. you know, you still have time and, and you're still able to do that. And that yeah, this, this song is just great. And, and in typical Pearl Jam fashion, you have a couple of minutes of dead space. Then you have that hidden instrumental track at the end, which just kind of feels to me like a like a post-apocalyptic waltz, um, which is perfect, I think, and complimentary for the beginning of all those yesterdays. And it's a, it's a cool note to end on the record, uh, similarly to the way that it's cool that they included Jack Irons' Red Bar. Um, but, I mean, overall, and, you know, just having a conversation song by song for this record, I mean, it's, it's, it's so complete and... I always think back to that episode that we did about the Stone Temple Pilots where like in the middle of the episode, you gain a new appreciation for mm-hmm. stuff. And I think that's happening here today. Uh, I would agree. With, uh, yeah. with, with this album, with Yield. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, it really does have uh, a lot of complete songs, like kind of going through and, and talking about what we like about them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, you can talk about the instruments and the instrumental side and the, the lyrics but each song really does have uh kind of a complete package you can tell that it was it was all of them coming together and 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 making sure that things are you know done right and although some songs right. may not be you know exactly what you're looking for or make much sense to you we, you know we can't like everything um mm-hmm. and as you don't a have whole. to yeah no you don't have to and that's why you know if we don't like it we should say it and then mm-hmm. you know that's it you know but then the idea is that uh, you can still recognize that it's still well done and still put together in a great way. And like these guys, um, these guys just executed this one and it's great. Yeah, yeah this is I a totally agree. This is a fun one. This is definitely um, up there, up there in yeah. the, uh, mu- the 90s album. You know, I don't know. I don't know if we ever do like a full album ranking, but that'd be kind of cool to see where we are. Episode 100, we rank our top 100 albums from the 90s. Holy shit, dude! (laughs) Um, I always listen like every time that like they have top 500. I guess it's fan voting. Who's who's ranking these? Yeah, how do you how do you really distinguish? (laughs) What jurisdiction do you have to do that? Yeah, 478 and 479. Like yeah, like what is what is the differing factor? And it would be it would be fun and so difficult to try to oh my rank gosh albums. it would be yeah you would have to just not take it very seriously um yeah. or just not even uh not allow yourself to go back and forth but it's like i just don't even know how you would go about that like what are you do, do you work your way you work your way from one back i guess like what's your I, favorite but then you're the like, way oh, I, would shit, do it. I forgot about this and then you're like oh like this has to fit in i don't even know the way the way that i would do it <laughs> yeah let's hear it is because this is going to be episode is, 100 <laughs> this is important because we need that we need to have a good way to do it the only way that you can do it objectively i guess is to create a ranking system and and, and rate or a rating system and rate every album off of completeness, instrumental, all that stuff, and just give it a flat-out ranking, and just do just that. A, like a do that a hundred, like, like an Ethan score, like yeah, yeah. You come up with yeah. a score, and then be like, this score, to, this score to six point seven, so it fits mm-hmm. right there, and then you can have yeah. the because then you don't, you're not going to be like, uh, I'm, you know, I'm putting core up against Bad right. Motorfinger, and that's that's what we should have done with all these album reviews. It's it's funny, like I, I'm, I'm not a. This is like you're not gonna know where I'm going with this, but I'm, <laughs> so I'll preface this by saying I'm not a car guy, right? <laughs> so you're I'm not, not a, a car not guy. A gearhead. <laughs> no, I'm not a gearhead. I'm not a grease monkey. None of that shit. But lately, uh, I don't know why I've been watching these videos of this YouTuber named Doug Demuro, and like every single week he reviews like two or three cars, and he discusses the car. He discusses all of the car's quirks and features. Um, then he takes it for a test drive, and then he gives it something called a Doug score, <laughs> and then it's easy. Like once you have the Doug score, you just which one's got a higher Doug score? Exactly. It's simple. Like well, you know, if we got to do something like that, we got to give it a give it a give it a GB score or yeah. like a pod score. Yeah, you know, and exactly. just completely steal. You know, we can make think, an official list for the people and then be like, listen, this is this is our objective subjective the, the list. definitive list. Like, yeah, exactly. this this has this is everything. This is yep. Oh man, it's not a bad idea. The GB score, you know. Yeah, it's just like all of the yeah, it's difficult. like 
I feel like there are there are definitely a lot of rating systems out there that are you know yeah it's exactly man I gotta tell you I'm really hoping that like at this point in the episode almost an hour in I'm hoping that there's somebody who's still here listening and also still knows who Doug Demiro is and I hope I just made their day with with the reference see you didn't you didn't know you're gonna get a Doug Demiro reference on the Grunge Bible podcast I did not I, I actually I need to go watch a video of his to really understand it's the pretty, Doug he's, score he's, he's he's pretty funny um I will say. He's just like like he's like a geek, but it's like a cool. He's a cool geek, right? He's a car guy. Well, that that's us. Yeah, he's he's a gearhead. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He's a gearhead, man. Oh, that's oh, awesome. Man. That was good. This was a good episode. I'm I'm glad that we chose to do this. I'm glad that we were able to commemorate it on its uh, 25th birthday. Yield. I'll say 25th. Fifth studio album. Yeah, we were uh, we were alive when this one happened, which is nice. This was um this has the distinction of being the first Pearl Jam album that I was alive for its release. Wow. So you you're a yield baby. <laughs> I'm a yield baby. Yeah. Oh, I think uh, you're uh you're you're a no code baby. How does that feel? <laughs> I have mixed feelings. Yeah, I'll take no my wonder yield. I have no no wonder I had so much teenage angst. I'm yeah, a, I'm exactly. No you had the most the most inaccessible Pearl Jam album of the nineteen nineties. <laughs> I just missed it by uh by about a month, a yeah. month and a day. It came out August twenty seventh of ninety six. Uh, but then Vitalogy was was pre Shalloway birth, so yeah. you're stuck with no code. I'll take yield. I love it. That's good yeah, stuff. Man. Well, if you're still listening uh, to this podcast episode, we appreciate your presence. Uh, we are grateful uh, for the time that you spend with us. And uh, if you'd like to support us, you can access various avenues of support through the show notes. We have our Patreon there, and we also have our merchandise, which I know we've had some listeners choose to get into the merch zone recently. And uh, while I'm not wearing my Grunge Bible crew neck today, uh, I do plan on wearing it frequently. And you could join me if you go follow the link in the show notes. But additionally, we'd like to thank our producer, Drew McFadden, for all of his work nearly 100 episodes in. Drew's been with us every step of the way, so... We are grateful for that. And as we close down this episode, I believe it is time to dispense with our songs of the week. What do you say, Ethan? I'm in. Yeah. I am in. in. Ethan's definitely looking up his song of the week right now. I I, I did pull up something just to, well, I pulled up my most, you know, my most recently liked stuff. But then I was, I I wanted to, I I had seen a concert this weekend, so I was actually trying to quick pull up a a set list, but I I know, I know what I'm going to, I know what I'm going to go with. Um, Do you want to go first? You want me to Yeah, I'll go first. And and I have a little bit of a moral dilemma uh, with my song of the week selection this week, because I feel um, it is, it's kind of, it's, it's verging on sacrilege to not pick a song from the album on an album review episode, but I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to pick one from the album. It would be hard for me to choose. Um, and uh, additionally, there's also another song that's just like I've been listening to nonstop for the last couple of days. And, and Ethan, I know I texted it to you today, um, but it's by an artist known as Medium Build. And uh, the song is called Adam and uh, A-T-O-M, like uh, like physics atoms, I guess, or whatever. I don't know. I, I never did well with... with uh, with science in school, um, but it's off of the uh, this EP that Medium Build released uh, about a couple of weeks ago in January, and the EP is called Health. And I, I just love this song. It's a great kind of like headspace song, like where you just kind of like get in your own head and stay there for a while, and it's not destructive, and you just kind of think about things. And uh, um, I I love this song. And uh, Ethan, you want to know how I got turned on to Medium Build? How's that? Uh, Sean Donnelly, our favorite professional hammer thrower, yeah. um, had posted it uh, one time on his Instagram story. And, you know, I have friends that when they post things, I respect them enough that I will check out whatever it is that they share with the world. And uh, you are one of them. And, uh, you know, when he posts music recommendations, he doesn't miss very often. And uh, oh, yeah. he posted a medium build song. And I was like, yeah, I'm, I'm here for this. Let me let me check it out. I let him know. I, I thanked him and and. Because of that, I was aware that Medium Build released a new EP, and I found a song that I really like. So yeah, that's my song of the week. Hell yeah, yeah! yeah you man. sent that over to me, and I um, I need to get into the EP zone myself, and and you know yeah, it's to... hard with all these zones. Like it's hard to Dude, just keep yeah. focused sometimes. It's it challenging. Is. Um, so last Saturday, I, w- I was able to go to a Death Cab for Cutie concert. Yep, and um, I do want to preface that I towed the line. I, I didn't go full okay. black. I didn't go full black keys on them. 
<laughs> or or Kid Rock or, or Kid Humphreys, Rock. Humphreys McGee. I didn't go. No, Humphreys McGee. I didn't zone. go full zone, but like okay. When I got in there, uh, you know, we had, we were drinking and things were kicking in, as they say. Oh, yeah. And um, but man, they they delivered Ben. Ben Gibbard is the lead singer, and they deliver just an incredible, incredible show with a beautiful set list. Set list is really elite. They played mm. all the songs they want to hear. Their new album, um, Asphalt Meadows, came out uh, last year in t- well, 2022. I can't remember what month, but um, yeah. they played all. The, they, it's a really good album. They played some really good stuff uh, from that. And the final song to the opening set, they had an encore of four songs, but the final song was foxglove through the clear cut which is off of off of their newest album and it has just the ambiance it's like a, a longer kind of song where he I, i'm a sucker for songs where they they have the ambiance and they talk over it and then you know they kind of build up and it just had it's such an adventure it's such a it's such a good song and it was the perfect yeah. perfect final song for them to kind of leave and then come back you know it was a great finishing song before they came back for the encore so uh really good i forgot how much i love that band um and i forgot how much i i actually listened to them like you said they went through the set list and i like knew all the songs and i was like yeah that's right i did spend i spent a good amount of time with them back in the day so i'm pretty happy I'm, i'm pretty happy to kind of get that get that train going again and um you know just listen to listen to some more of them yeah that's really cool i'm i'm excited i and i i kind of um you know mentioned this last week because i think you had a death cab song for your song of the week last week or it was maybe just a ben gibbard song but um i think i I said last week you know i I didn't um i kind of missed the boat on them back you know back when you got into them so i I have some work to do but i'm excited because i know how highly uh you speak of them and and a lot of people speak of them and uh julian baker who's one of my favorite artists loves loves death cab so uh you know between julian and ethan I have my uh, I have my light givers for for that. That's awesome. I'll I'll make sure to send you some stuff that you can yeah you can start going like that. through. That's yeah, good. that'll be good. And th- yeah. this will be one of the first ones I think. Yeah. Um, Sweet. That's it, everybody. We did that it. Episode ninety eight. Thank you so much. Um, it is Monday, so please don't be too hard on yourself. Uh, we got a full week ahead of us. We got a lot to get done. Um, but let's do it one day at a time. Because that's the only way to do it. So, amen to that. All right, everybody, take care. Have a great week. Yep, rock and roll, guys. And of course, stay heavy. Stay heavy. Stay heavy.